If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Amos chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. That's Amos chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. And I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Listen for the word of the Lord. I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your hearts. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Saints, there is a word from the Lord today. And I'm pleased to share it with you in a teaching that I've entitled The Whitewashing of Martin Luther King Jr. I was born by the river In a little tent mm-hmm. Like the river I've been running mm-hmm. Running ever since It's been a long, long time coming, but I know change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. It's been too hard living, but I'm afraid to die. Change is gonna come one day. 
Pray with me, please. Oh, gracious, loving, and great God, we come today to worship you and thank you for the life and legacy of your son, Martin Luther King Jr. I ask for your blessings as I deliver your word today. May it fall on good soil. And I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are my rock, and you are my redeemer. And it's in your darling son Jesus' name that I pray. Let us all say amen, amen, amen. and amen. amen. Whitewash. Now, what is whitewash? When you're painting a wall, whitewash is a solution that's used to cover up the paint that is currently on the wall. So, you know, when you cover up the paint that's currently on the wall, then you can put a new coat of paint, perhaps a different color of the paint that was previously on the wall. Now, when a painter whitewashes the wall, the wall stays the same. It's basically the same wall. But the difference is this. The wall has a new color of paint, a color that is perhaps more agreeable to the people looking at the wall. You know, saints, a form of whitewashing is taking place in the United States of America today. We change the facts. We ignore certain rules and truths. We recreate a story so that an event that seems in a different light, like some of folks have done with the January 6th attack on the Capitol, like a painter who has whitewashed a wall, these events, like the 2020 election, which was called the most secure in the history of the republic, has been painted over in a big lie that is called state after state, including this state of Georgia, to fix a fraud that never took place in the first place. Whitewashing is dangerous, not only because it changes the truth, but because it also creates a new narrative, a narrative that is not accurate for generations to come. You know, over a half a century after his death, 
Martin Luther King Jr. is now a figure of history. His life and his work are known primarily in speeches and a holiday that portrays Dr. King as a happy warrior, marching, singing, and yes, making those speeches. The reality is, in his lifetime, Dr. King was a deeply divisive person in American society. While I was at seminary, I visited the famed Montreal Conference Center associated with the Presbyterian Church. My young, mostly white seminary classmates pointed with pride to a 1965 picture of Dr. King speaking at the Christian Action Conference held at Montreal. Their justifiable pride was a symbol of the happy warrior that Martin Luther King has now become. And the comfort they took in the fact that as Presbyterians, they believed that they were on the right side of history. In reality, there had been much debate in the Presbyterian denomination over the civil rights movement. And the issue and decision to invite Dr. King to Montreal had met with considerable, and I mean considerable, opposition. However, my young classmates did not know that. My young classmates had become victims of the whitewash. So it's easy to forget that in his day, in his own country, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was considered a dangerous troublemaker. Even President John Kennedy worried that King was being influenced by the Communist Party. Dr. King was harassed by the FBI and vilified in the media. The establishment campaign to denigrate Dr. King actually worked. In August 1966, as King was bringing his civil rights campaign to northern cities to address poverty, slum, housing, segregation, and bank lending discrimination, the Gallup poll found that 63%, 63% of all Americans had an unfavorable opinion of Dr. King, compared with 33% who viewed him favorably. Now today, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is viewed as something of an American saint, the most recent Gallup poll discovered that 94%, that's right, 94% of Americans viewed Dr. King in a positive light. But the unwhitewashed truth is this. Like all of us, Dr. King was not a saint. He had many flaws. Dr. King smoked cigarettes. And though Martin Luther King tried to keep that habit under wrap from his family and friends and photographers. He was a lifelong smoker. Did you know that Dr. King made a C and a public speaking class in seminary? And yes, Dr. King cheated on his wife. In fact, there are credible reports that the night before his death, Dr. King was in bed with another woman. I tell you all this not to tear Dr. King down, but to give you his life in greater context. Because the reality is that Dr. King was and is not a saint. He was this. He was a radical. Believe it or not, God is asking us to be radicals as well. For radicals don't get a national holiday in their honor. 
Radicals don't have streets and schools and hospitals named for them. Radicals don't have a 94% approval rating. No, that does not happen to radicals. However, it does happen to radicals who've been whitewashed. You may recognize the last portion of the text that I quoted this morning. When Amos said, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. We like that line. And Dr. King quoted that line on a speech, the famous speech of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom in 1963. America loves the end of the speech. He quotes Amos after he talks about the dream. And the dream is well-loved. We call the speech the I have a dream speech. However, it's actually called normalcy never again. In fact, the dream is not even in the drafts of the speech. The famed gospel singer Mahalia Jackson hollered out, tell them about the dream, Martin. Tell them about the dream during the speech. And King, the remarkable preacher who made a sea in public speaking, went off script and borrowed from another of his sermons about the dream. But in that speech, before the dream, the speech that is really entitled Normacy Never Again, Dr. King gives a blistering attack on the racism in the United States, saying that America has given the Negro a bad check. The whitewashing focuses on the dream, not the reality of the bad check that was bad when Dr. King delivered that speech entitled Normacy, Never Again in 1963. It was bad 20 years later in 2003. And it's still bad 60 years later in 2022. And whitewashing is why a speech named by its author as Normacy Never Again is known as I Have a Dream. Amos was a shepherd who lived in the southern kingdom of Judah, but his prophecy is about the northern kingdom of Judah. Amos spoke against three things that sound familiar today. His first thing was this, the increased disparity between the very wealthy and the very poor. Amos spoke of social justice, which was the second thing. And social justice is this. It's the concept of fair and just relations between the individual and society. Social justice is measured by the distribution of wealth and opportunities for personal activity and social privileges. Third and finally, Amos spoke of God's omnipresence and the divine judgment of the Lord. Amos spoke these words in a time of relative peace and prosperity in Israel, but also in a time when the people had rejected the laws and teachings of the Lord. And like Dr. King, Amos has been whitewashed. As I said before, we like the line at the end of the text, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. But forget, and we have forget, forgotten, 
or we've been whitewashed about the radical words that the Lord is telling us at the start of the verses. The Lord says, I hate and despise your festivals. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. And even though you offer me bird offerings and grain offerings, you know what? I will not accept them. And the offerings of your well-being, of your fatted animals, I will not take them. And I will not look at or I will not listen to the melodies of your hearts. The Lord says this, take away from me the sound of the noise of your songs. If we peel back the whitewash, we can see what the Lord is telling us about what we should do to answer the questions that we've all had and are still having since Dr. King's death. And that question is this, what should we do next? Well, what we should do next is to be a radical. Yeah, be a radical. Be a radical and say, I hate it when people in the richest country on earth are empowered in poverty. So we should vow on our own to do something about it. Be a radical and say, I hate it when children are separated at the border from their parents. And we should vow that in our own way, we will do something about it. Be a radical and say, I hate it when a Jim Crow era Senate rule is more cherished than the right to vote and vow that I will do something about it. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a radical. He believed that America needed a radical redistribution of economic and political power. Dr. King challenged America's class system and its racial caste system. He was a strong ally of the nation's labor movement. Remember, he was assassinated in April 1968 in Memphis, where he came to support a sanitation workers' union strike. He opposed U.S. militarism and imperialism, especially in, that, in our country's misadventure in Vietnam. Amos was a radical. Calling out the ruling class. Jesus is a radical. Telling us to love when hating is in our best interest. Jesus is a radical, telling us to show mercy even when mercy is in short supply. Jesus is a radical, telling us that despite the troubles of the present time, it is on Christ, the solid rock, that we must stand. Saints, don't fall for the whitewash. You were born to be like Amos. You were born to be like Martin. And you were born to be like Jesus. Yes, you were born to be a radical. You were born to be a radical. But if you're living a conventional life, living by the rules of the whitewash instead of the rules of Jesus, there is hope. For Jesus wants you to come home. Jesus wants you to be saved by him. And all you have to do to achieve salvation is to pray this prayer. Pray with me, please. Father, I am a sinner who has been living a whitewashed life. 
a life driven by lies and misdeeds. I come wanting to put those things behind me so that I can bask in the light of truth, the glow of right living, and the peace of righteousness. And it's in your radical son Jesus' name that I pray. Let us all say amen. 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 Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, you are not saved. And now that you're saved, you need to hang out with other saved people who are working hard every day on their salvation. Greater St. Peter is a church made of committed Christians trying to set up a little timber every day. If you would like to join us, give me a call or send me a text. My number is 608-358-1309. 608-358-1309. Let's have a discussion about your faith. Now for our benediction, a covering of God's grace until we meet again. Saints, let us celebrate the work and legacy of Dr. King who will always be a radical, free from the whitewash, because we are radicals as well, because we've been washed in the blood of Jesus. May the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all, henceforth, now, and forever, go until we meet again. Let us all say amen, 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 amen. and amen.
saints, it's your faithfulness to greater St. Peter that enables us to do the work of the Lord. There are four ways you can give to us. First, you can use Cash App at dollar sign G-S-P-A-M-E-C. Second, you can text to give at 770-284-0771. Third, you can use Zelly by typing Greater St. Peter 9540 at yahoo.com. Fourth and family, you can mail your contribution to 9540 Fayetteville Road, Jonesboro, Georgia, 30238. Thank you and blessings.